Praise the Lord. So, as Pastor said, I'm from, um, as you remember, Soviet Union. So we always were against you guys, against all Americans. But my case was uh, specific because they, said, they always told me that I'm American spy. I work for NATO. The only thing, I never got a check from NATO or from anybody else. But they always said that I am American, and that's what happened to me. So I became American <laughs> and, uh, 13 years ago. So I see that even sometimes unbelievers prophesy really right. You know, whatever they say, it's truth, you know. Yeah. And I didn't know about this. So I never even thought I'm going to be here and preach in this beautiful church. So beautiful spirit here that it's just beautiful. I came here and I already felt good. I say, if I would live here, I would come to this church. I would sit right there. So nice there, you know. So it's beautiful. No? But I must uh, sit here. So and here is Elena, my wife. Elena, can you come here? Can you give me a mic, Pastor? I will let her say a few words. So come here. So we married, we've been married for 27 years. And uh, we have... <laughs> Two children, two children when we've been married, and we had two daughters. We just ordered this way from God. <laughs> and then we had two sons mm -hmm. seven years ago. We have seven and five years mm -hmm. boy, so we're a young couple again. <laughs> so we're so much blessed. So could you say a few words and greet the church and say something? Okay. Yeah, uh, it's wonderful to be in this place, and it's... Uh, always wonderful when children of God come together to worship God, to worship Jesus. Amen. And uh, I wanted also to say, uh, as Pastor Don said, that he learned something from us, and I wanted to say, already told, that we learned so much already here from you, and I, had, I got so, much, so many ideas from your church when I saw around, like, I would say like to <laughs> King Solomon, even half I didn't know. Like um, the queen said to King Solomon, I, I wasn't even told the half of it, what I saw. It's beautiful, beautiful church. As, Working as, both ways, yes, right? Yes, Amen. yes. And uh, so also I would like to add that uh, the name of Jesus is the most powerful name and the most um, the most uh, powerful and I, uh, I would say this is I can say uh, I can see how much enemy wanted to take this name away um, ma many times in the modern society we can hear like all religions lead to God or coexistence, religious religion coexistence. It's actually absolutely not right. Only one name of Jesus Christ. This is the most powerful name. And we can see in the history how many times wanted to destroy Christians, like Neron. He wanted to destroy Christianity. We grew up in the past Soviet Union. Union. And we were able to see in our own eyes how this system, socialistic system, Communist Party, collapsed. And how, they, how much they hated us and they wanted to eliminate the name of Jesus. Instead of, of, of the God and, and Jesus, they wanted to 
to put Lenin. Uh, you know, Lenin is the the ideologist, the ideologist, ideologist of the yeah, Soviet Union and the communism. Yeah, and I remember when we were growing up, in even in the small elementary schools, we had the portraits of Lenin on every classroom. People worship right. uh, wrong things, right. and we could uh, we could see how it collapsed. That's why I never believe in the socialism, and never, <laughs> never, never will. <laughs> and just wanted to read just a little bit from scripture. On a roll from scripture and, and yeah. taking the phone, you know. So. <laughs> Loading too slow. Yeah. Yeah, just. Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 9. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah, this is the most powerful name, is the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And I, I just wanted to encourage you to proclaim the goodness of God in your life. To speak the name of Jesus in your life. Apply the blood of Jesus on our life. Whatever need we have, like in the Bible says, be anxious about nothing, but in everything with thanksgiving and supplication, let your request be known to God. Whatever need you have, whatever request you have, be specific. Just let it be known to God. And see, you will see the miracle of God will happen in your life. He is the one who can turn from impossible to possible, from ordinary to extraordinary, from minuses to pluses. If you need him in your marriage, there is the power in the name of Jesus. If you need in finances, this is the power, this is the answer in the name of Jesus. Pray and believe and trust. This is the only name of Jesus Christ. God bless you, church. Thank you Amen. very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lena. Take Mike to the pastor. Thank you very much. So we really uh, been through the system which was working, which was wrong, and we saw it collapsed. And um, you know, we just been through election in. Um, uh, I wasn't at home when uh, there was election. I was talking to Pastor Don, and I don't know which side you were taking, but I'm um, just saying that uh, Elena, before my wife, before the, before the night when there was supposed to be already winning, and she's calling me, honey, say, yeah, play, pray for election. And I say, yeah, yeah, well, everybody's play, praying for election. No, you pray for election. I say, okay, I'm praying for election. But let me prophesy to you. So uh, just give a few more hours. And the one party, we can congratulate another party, and I name it who is who. So, 
and uh, everything will be over and say, well, let it be, let it be. She was really worrying about this. And then at the end of the story, in the morning, she's calling me and saying, you were right. You know, I'm saying, of course, when the prophet of God is talking to you, <laughs> of course I'm right. I'm always right. Amen. So, um, so we really want our country to be blessed. So as I'm saying, uh, I, uh, we used to be, we used to be on the other side all the time being against each other. We were not against you guys. We were with you. But that was our, our system was set against America, you know, all the time. So they were teaching us that America is our enemies and this kind of stuff. And they would be killing us. They would be doing it. Well, that was the wrong system. But anyway, what I'm going to be talking today, I want to be sharing with you the uh, word of God, which... I want to call, I want to call power in the inner man or be flooded with God. Power in the inner man or be flooded with God. Do you like a flood? You know, do you know what a flood comes and takes everything on its way? You know, or power in the inner man. Do you know that strong strength of anyone is inside of him? So many times we, when we're going through struggle and we come to each other, we say, pray for me, I'm going through this and I'm, I'm feeling down. And, but listen, uh, and it's good to pray for each other. It's fine. Nothing is wrong about this. When people come to me, I pray for them and I pray because I'm, I have faith. But listen, when you are, have power in your inner man, it's nothing can take you down. Nothing. When you are flooded with God, your life is different. Completely. So you are not like people in this world. No, you're a completely different person. So listen, I just want to, I just want to today talk a little bit and take your point of view. What is this Christianity? What is this about? What is this? Well, I was surviving under Soviet Union. I've been highly, I will um, heavily persecuted. Uh, I was in the Soviet army and I was persecuted there because I was not taking the weapon. And you would need it to take your weapon. I was thinking I would never take your weapon and never kill anybody because, uh, because Jesus said, do not kill. Do not murder, you know. And I would never kill. And they say, but you need to kill the enemy. I say, I don't have enemies. Yes. Bible says that you need to love your enemies. Say, but, but, but listen, what if America will attack us and we would need to go and kill them? And I say, well, maybe they will attack you. They will not attack me, you know, because <laughs> I have a bunch of friends there. Say, no, you're completely wrong. Say, let me go there and I'll check it out, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> that was impossible to come here for anybody of us. But later it became available because everything what is evil, what is not from God, will, shut, will be shut down. So the system was shut down by God. 70 years, done. You are over, you know. Just take your belongings and live. So that's what we have. And um, I, just, I just, what I want to be saying, what is the Christianity? You know, sometimes under the persecution, we become stronger. While we have too much freedom, we become like this world. That's a problem. And I'm not saying, I'm not praying that that persecution would come to America. I, you know, I know what does the persecution mean. Maybe you don't, guys, but I know what does it mean. You know, and uh, we don't, maybe you wouldn't need this. We would, li- we would like to comply with God without the persecution. You know, we don't want to comply with the persecution. 
You know, we want to be on where we want to be or where we need to be, where God wants us to be without all this kind of pressures. Of course, you know, sometimes God is sending the pressure because we need the pressure. Everything what is pressuring you, you become stronger. You know, you want to look good, go to gym, go to go to uh, <laughs> Lord's gym, you know, and you're going to be strong. If you're not going to go to gym, you're not going to be strong there. But anyway, um, I just want to say, what is the what is the Christianity? What is the Christianity? So I would like would you if you would open with me the Bible. Um, let's just start from Ephesians chapter three. Ephesians chapter 3, and you know, Ephesians chapter 3, Paul is talking to, um, to who he's talking? Paul is talking to who? Ephesians. The Ephesians. And who, was he, who were Ephesians? They were, yeah, but they were Gentiles, right? So he's talking to them, and he is kind of giving them the mystery of Christianity. So like I would say, well, listen, guys, I want to tell you all everything what was revealed to me. And I want you to know about this one. So when he start uh, talking, and um, let, let me read few, few, few words from the beginning. So let me let me start from verse two, Ephesians three two. Three two, yeah. Assuming that you have heard, he's talking to them. I, I, I pretend, I assume that you have heard uh, of the stewardship of God, God's grace, His unmerited favor, that was entrusted to me to dispense to you for your benefit. Like saying, I have some kind, guys, I have some kind of revelation which was revealed to me to dispense to you, you know? I don't have it for myself. I have it for everybody, for the, for the, for the church, you know, because the revelation, what God gives the, God's people, it's not for them. It's for the church. We were worshiping today, and uh, I was just kind of, I was overwhelmed with the presence of God at that time. And I was just saying, and it was so quiet, nice, so sweet. And I was enjoying this, and I was seeing that gifts, what God gave the, their, the worship team, they were sharing their gifts, singing so nicely, and leading us in the worship, right? So when, whenever you are led, and you, you know, everything changed when you start worshiping God. Everything changed. You came maybe frustrated, angry, and then you become... Soft, nice, start crying, start, start weeping and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm already fine. I don't even need anybody to pray for me. You know, so everything becomes changing when we're worshiping God. And about, about this one, I would like to be talking today a little bit more to dispense all the benefits. Okay, the next verse. And that the mystery, the secret, which was secret before, and nobody knew about this one, was made known to me. Paul said, and I was allowed to comprehend, to comprehend it by direct revelation, as I already briefly wrote to you. I had a direct revelation, and I was able to comprehend it. So it's, it's kind of like you cannot even comprehend it that deep it is. And this kind of knowledge, what was open to me by the Lord and by the revelation, it was amazing. I want to share with you. That's what he's saying. So, and then uh, uh, when you read this, you can understand my insight into my mystery of Christ. This mystery, verse 5, was never disclosed to human beings. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, by the way. In past generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles, consecrated messengers, and prophets 
by the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit took a revelation and gave it to his prophets and apostles, which was not revealed before. And this revelation, he's saying, listen, Ephesians, listen, I'm going to tell you something amazing. You're going to need to know about this. And sometimes you're going to say, mm, well, um, sometimes we even underestimate the knowledge. But knowledge, knowledge, God wants us to have a knowledge. You know, if we don't have a knowledge, we can even perish. Bible says that my people perishing without a knowledge. So, like, listen, let, let, let me tell you this example. If you have your computer and you're working something and then you see... Oh, your computer crashing, and, and uh, there is a solution, but you have no knowledge how to solve it. So whatever you have no knowledge how to solve it, that becomes a big problem. Well, there's no problem if you know how to solve it. The problem begins when you don't know how to solve it. So the people were dying and perishing, and they didn't have any solution for this. And they, they've seen that they are living a cursed life, and there is no solution. And, and there was religion. There was people just coming, so come here. And if you comply here, like Muslims say today, you just come, uh, get our religion, and, and um, do good. And uh, your good deeds need to outweigh your bad deeds, and then you're going to be in heaven. But they're not sure. They just think that that is going to be, but they never know if, if their good deeds will outweigh the bad deeds, you know. So sometimes they say they have some kind of trick and say, well, if you kind of go and kill um, unbelievers, or how do they say, there is the word for that. Infidels. Infidels, yeah, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, and if you do, and then you're going to go to heaven, then you're going to go to paradise. By the way, you're going to get 72 virgins. Well, I don't know how you need that many. You know, and, and then you're going to get this. And they, why, do you, why do you need them them? <laughs> I need them here, you know. I don't need them there, you know. I don't know if there will be possibility to have them, you know. Uh, but they, they promise something what they cannot get. People to encourage to do something, to use their political strategy. But, but, but listen, but they are saying, but again, the Muslim religion and the other religion, the Buddhist, they're saying, if you're good, even communism, they were teaching you to be good. They were not teaching you to be bad. They were teaching you to be good. Good to be good to your neighbor, love your neighbor, do good to this, help um, helpless people, and this kind of stuff. But, but the politic, politic, uh, uh, kind of ideology was wrong because it was against God, against the will of God. So the Paul is talking to the unbelievers, to, to the people who do not know Christ, have no revelation, say, guys, I was able to comprehend, I was able to receive the revelation which I want to share with you, just to slip it to you that you have it. There is amazing, amazing uh, uh, knowledge uh, we're going to have in Christ. So, and that's what he's talking to, to the Ephesians and um, so this is about the Christianity. We're talking, what is this Christianity, right? And to be flooded with God or to be filled with God, to be flooded with God or to be strong in your inner man. Inner man, it's everything what you need to take care of. Inner man. You know, no matter how you're going to be taking care for your outer man, if your inner man is, uh, is sick or is weak, you're going to die very soon. You're going to get some kind of diseases you cannot overcome because your inner man is so weak that cannot overcome all of this kind of stuff. So mostly we're taking very good care for, the, for, the, our, um, uh, for the, our flesh, for the, for the f physical body. Maybe not even everybody's taking good care. But, you know, but for the inner man, that's what is the problem. You know, we try, to, we try to encourage our inner man, but it's not always the right way we're trying to do it. But the inner man is the spirit. And the spirit 
can be fed only by spirit. And spiritual can be only believe, uh, spiritual things can reproduce the spiritual things. So it cannot be that you have, uh, that you try to feed your spirit with something what it's not going to work for, you know? So it doesn't matter that I like the steak, my car doesn't like steak. So it's a different, like, different need, you know? So we cannot replace this. And I don't, know, I don't like gasoline, I don't drink it, uh, I don't want it. It's, it doesn't inspire me. But it inspires my car, my car runs well with this. So, uh, so a different thing. So if I'm giving you the spiritual food and I'm feeding your spirit, feeding your spirit that I want you to leave this place tonight, being fair, when you come home, you enjoy it and you still, you still feel like, hey, I, I got a good meal. I feel nice. I'm growing. I'm strong. You know, I know what to do. I can comprehend much more than I used to. You know, so that's what is the feeding our inner man and, and, and increase the strength of the inner man. So let me continue reading. My mystery was uh, disclosed. Uh, the worst fifth, right? No, I was already reading this one. The sixth. It is, uh, it is this that the Gentiles... So he's telling them, guys, there's, a, there's news for you. Now the Gentiles are now to be fellow heirs with the Jews. <laughs> you know, like uh, they were always uh, thinking that, okay, everything is only belong to them, the Jewish people, you know. And God only, only give everything to them. But then Paul got a revelation. No, God wants to save everybody. God just wants to use the Jews to save, you know, to, to, to bring Christ through them. It's not the main idea that God only wants a Jewish people. God is God to everyone. He's not just Jewish God or, or this God or that God or white God or black God. He's, he's the God of everyone. And that's what they needed to understand. Even Paul needed to understand this and say, guys, together with us right now, you can have it. Members of the same body, so with the Jewish members of the same body, and joint partakers sharing in the same divine promise in Christ through their acceptance of the glad tidings, the gospel. So, and then uh, I want you to, turn, uh, to go down to the verse 15. And then he is saying to them even more, he's saying, To whom every family, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, the Father, from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened. So the treasury of God can strengthen, make you strong enough in the inner man, be strengthened and, and reinforced with a mighty power in the inner man. Mighty power with the inner man. So that's what is the, that's what is the strength began. That's how you can go through the persecution and feel good. You know, people can look at you and then they can say, they can say that, uh, well, poor are you. But you think, no, poor are you guys, you know, because you have no, you don't have what you have. So there was a time, I remember even in my life, there's a lot of testimonies, but even in my life, I was called uh, in the army and they put me into the, into the group of the soldiers which go to Afghanistan. And... Um, uh, to the, those who fight the, the, the snipers and this kind of stuff. And we were, as a Christian, we were saying, we, we will go to army, but we will not kill. And they had a problem with that because we would not take the weapon and kill. Say, so we will not kill. Well, we can go to army. You know, when I say, well, we, you can do anything in army. There's not only, you, can, you need to kill, you know. So there's different people needed. But uh, at the end of the story, they, they, 
uh, took me to this kind of uh, group of uh, army, and then at the end of the story, they knew, hey, this guy is not going to be taking weapon. We cannot take him to Afghanistan, or we cannot send him there because he's not going to be killing anybody. So he's not taking a weapon. And uh, at the end of the story, they, they moved me to different kind of um, organization, which, which the, the soldiers, which they only built something, you know. And they, they, the, all those kind of uh, people, they were trying to work with me, those kind of investigators trying to find out what to do with me, you know. And at the end of the story, they were talking to me, asking me a bunch of questions. I was preaching to them the gospel and everything at that time. But in the end of the story, well, when I was going through the, my, the hardest persecution, I was 18. Now I'm almost 50. And I, I know I'm now a... a adult, a strong man. At that time, I was a young boy, 18 years old. I needed mama at that time, you know. <laughs> and, and, um, and I was already in the army. They wanted me to kill somebody, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I don't want. And, and at the end of the story, so they were talking to me. I was preaching to them. I was just kind of uh, talking to them what the gospel means and this kind of stuff. And I said, I don't care, guys, if you, and they say, we're going to put you into prison. Uh, for the rest of your life, we're going to put you into prison for this many years, and you're never going to uh, get out of the prison and this kind of stuff. And um, uh, they were trying to threatening me. They were saying, we're going to kill you right here. You're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to see your mother any longer anymore. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. But at the end of the story, I was saying, I don't care. You can kill me, guys. I just close. Go I just sooner go to God. That's what I desire to go to, you know. I know that everything, one day, everyone, everyone will go there. We're all going to go to eternity, but you're going to go to hell and I'm going to go to heaven. That's what the difference, you know. And they say, no, you're not going to go to heaven. I say, yes, I will. Uh, and say, there is no God. Yes, there is, you know. And they say, what if there is no God? I say, what if there is God? So that was kind of like talking to this kind of stuff. And at the end of the story, the kind of big guy with the, with the big stars. And at the end of the story, when they decided to move me to the kind of building military guys, you know, say, so go to build the houses, you know. So if you're not going to be taking the weapon. And uh, the, one, the guy who was strongly uh, interrogating me, you know, he came to me and they say, okay, well, listen, he called me by my last name and say, let me shake the man, the, the brave soldier of his belief, you know, if, and then he said, if I would have just 100 people like you, I would turn the world upside down. Amen. Just 100 people, I don't even have 1,000. That people who believe in what they believe, that they are ready to die for it. And you don't believe, you're not afraid to die in 18? You're never, get, you're never gonna get married, you're never gonna do this and say, well, well I, don't, I wanna leave, of course, like everybody wanna leave. I'm not saying that I don't appreciate life, I do appreciate life. But I'm saying what I believe, it's much more important. That's what you believe, guys. And I'm saying what I believe, I'm ready to die for it. And I that much believe that whatever Jesus say, says, it's much more important to me than whatever you say, or whatever all the law say, whatever all the Soviet Union say, that all the world together say, it's much more important because he is God of the universe. So when we were going through kind of uh, uh, this stuff, so this guy who was persecuting me, interrogating me, he was the most, the biggest encouragement for me. The man, listen, even though you, you are on the other side, like they were saying, you are with Americans, you know. I was American all the time. And he's saying, but listen, people like you, with the people like you, who will not put you down, even though if they need to die, that's the people I would like to have. And say, Jesus Christ, have them. 
You don't, guys. Your people betray. Your people not, don't do the right things. But Jesus Christ have them. So the, the strength in the inner man. Strength in the inner man can let you go through the difficulties which you cannot go without this kind of strength in the inner man. You know, when you are flooded with God, whenever you start talking to them, you know, th- th- there was the people. I was the young boy, like tiny, like that boy, you know, like, not, like, not like today. And he was the kind of the big guy with the big, big stars and kind of very, very strict. And I was talking to him like, like he's nobody. Like he's just simple man. I'm saying, well, listen, man, you live today and tomorrow. Bible says, what is man? His breath in, in, his, in his nose. Hit the nose and there is no breath anymore. You know, so who you are, who can you threaten to? You know, you, don't you understand that today you're alive and tomorrow you're not alive any longer. You're not threatening anyone. You know, so then that you don't understand that you not, cannot control your life. You're, you're not the master of your life, you know. Someone who you don't see is the master of your life. And, you know, the most dangerous is the enemy you don't see. Not the enemy you see, you know. The enemy who can hit you when you don't see and why you're not expected of. You know, that's the problem. And they didn't understand it. But I think they did like it. But listen, let me tell you the testimony. I was already like few few downs years later when the uh, Soviet Union collapsed completely. God gave us the revival in the Soviet Union, and it was huge revival. A lot of we planted a lot of churches. That's why I became a pastor. Then I became a bishop because I planted many churches there. And uh, listen, this very same guys with the big stars who persecuted me, they were seating, and I was preaching to them. They were sitting and taking notes and saying, Pastor, can you pray for me? Sure, come here. Uh, Pastor, what should we do? We, we're going to start here the, the, the group, you know, and uh, home group and, and this kind of a whole bunch of these big guys were coming to the church. They were becoming pastors. They were becoming leaders because they said we were fooled with the Soviet Union ideology. They were great guys. They were just fooled. You know, somebody fooled them. And they were believing the wrong ideas. And at the end of this, so God let me see that the same people who persecuted you, they were sitting and listening and taking notes when you were preaching, you know. And I was considered not educated guy, you know. They were educated, you know, the big, big, big masters. I was no one. But then they came to me and they were saying, well, listen, pastor, you know what? You were the same when you were persecuted. And now when you're on the top that everybody respects you, you know. You were the same. You believe the same. You were behaving the same. You were ready to die for this at that day. You were ready to teach us today for this one. That's what we were looking for. The leaders who can take us to, to something real, you know. So Christianity is real. You know, Christianity is not religious. Uh, it's not a religion. It's, it's a relationship with the living God. And that's what I would like today a little bit to get, kind of um, touch this kind of surface. And talk a little bit. Okay, well, I'm reading the 16, right? The verse 16. He may grant you out of his treasury, of his glory, to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in an inner man by Holy Spirit himself indwelling in your innermost being and personality. Well, listen, you are who you in inner Personality. You're not who you are just sometimes pretending who you are. Well, I can pretend who I am. You know, I can play game for any, for any people like who I am. So, and we all, we know it, right? We can play game. But you know who you are, your inner man. You know? 
you know who you are in the deeper of your heart. You know who you are. And when you know who you are, that's who you are. You know, that's who you are. And, and you know, there was one Russian writer, why I'm saying a lot about Russian, I just remember it, you know, and he was saying the only one thing what need to be uh, thought about is the, uh, I forgot exactly how it was. He was, I knew it, I knew it, it was a very beautiful way in saying something what need to be, something what you need to invest your life, it's taking care for your eternal being because everything is perishable. Everything will perish, your body will perish. Everything what you have, you perish. All your investment, all you have, what you're proud of today will perish but something will never perish. So that's what you need to be thinking about. So and this is your inner man, and, that's, and that inner man can even let you have a happy life today, now in this world. You know, so, okay, so verse 17, may Christ through your faith actually dwell. Christ through your faith, okay, we have a faith, and Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent hum, home, in your hearts. So, permanent home, permanent home. Is the church permanent home for you? No, you come and live. Uh, can I come to your house and think this is my permanent home? No, I'm a guest there. But why are you coming back all the time and leave and have all your belongings? That's your permanent home. So, uh, how Christ coming to your house, to your house, to your house, to your life? Is it he coming only when you are in the church? Is he coming, is, does he have a permanent home in you? Or is he coming and leaving? You just come, worship a little bit, and he comes, and then you go leave the church, and then he lives as well. So that's the de de depend how you let him, allow him to live or not to live in your permanent house. That's how strong you're going to be. All right? So, and um, in your hearts, may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love may you may that you may have the power of the strong power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints God's devoted people the experience of that love that is the uh, breadth and length and height and depth that you would understand so Paul is talking here about the great understanding in every way. Whatever you are looking to, you know, in every way, it's the understanding of this love, of this kind of relationship. So that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ, which far suppresses more knowledge. So how you can come to something which suppresses the knowledge? How you can comprehend incomprehensible? Something which you cannot comprehend? How you, how you can take something inside of you which you cannot take? How you can the ocean inside of you? <coughs> so, but that's somehow you can do it. Spiritually. So, without, um, without experience that you may be filled through, through all your being into all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become, uh, I'm sorry, richest measure of divine presence and become a body holy filled and flooded with God himself. That's what I took my, my title. 
flooded with the God, so and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. So when God flooded Himself with you, what flooded you guys? I mean, what flooded you? What inside of you? What you overwhelmed with? What kind of your thinking was? What's your problems? What's your what's your strength? What's your weakness? Why are you struggle? What you fighting? You know, why are you at? What is your inner man? Are you strong? Are you not strong enough? So let me tell you, the Christian Christianity or Christian faith has a unique sequence. That's what we need to understand. And many times, so many people do not understand this. There is a unique sequence in the Christian faith. It's redemption, righteousness, worship. You know, redemption, righteousness, worship. So these three kind of uh, uh, sequence, it cannot be altered. It's not just logical. It's chronological. You cannot start from the back. You cannot tell the unbeliever, just come with me in the church, sing like I sing, worship, uh, just do this, and, and you're okay, you're already Christian. Well, he's not, you know, because he started from the back. He started to live 80 years and going down, you know. So you need to start from the beginning. You need to be born again. So you need to, first of all, understand and realize that you are, you are a sinner, you need a savior. You will listen. Sometimes Jesus was preaching to the people. And I don't know what you think about this one. I'm just going to give you the idea. And, and I want you to think about this. And, and then just say, hmm. You know. So it's, it's going to be Mark chapter 9, verse 43. Mark chapter. It's New, it's New Testament. It's not Old Testament. Jesus is talking. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Did you guys ever think about this, what to do with this? Your hand is doing something wrong. Cut it off. So, because he's saying, so cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than, leaving, than having two hands go to hell. So if you sin with your, with your, with your hand, will you go to hell? Will we go to hell if we sin, guys? Well, that, that's the question. This is the deeper question. That's why Paulus was saying that you would comprehend with all the same what is deep, what is height, what is wide, you know, how big it is. That you would understand something what is not understandable. Well, listen, 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 listen. This is very interesting. All religions, all religions in the world, they are teaching to obey, to be good, and God will give you life. And Zelina was saying that all religion kind of they come to heaven, all they come to God, right? Not all go to salvation, but all come to God, you know? We're coming to God, we're coming to saying, Lord, we're going to be good, but you're never going to be good enough. So that's the problem. You know, and Bible says the wages of sin is death. So death, if you take a death for your sin, that's it. And you're already over with everything. Well, if, if you take a death for the sin, there's nothing you can do about this. So he's talking more than saying, okay, um, and if your food causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter the, na- the, the lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell. Their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. And if, you, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. What was Jesus talking about? Did he really mean this? 
What did he mean with this? And he was talking, by the way, to the Jews. It's not to the Gentiles. Well, you see, guys, if you read the gospel, you see the different message to the Jews and to the Gentiles, you know? Different message, kind of. It's all the gospel, it's all the word of God, but different message. So what he initially was saying to them, he was talking their really hard stuff. But he was saying initially the very simple message he was sending the, the Jewish people. Guys, you need a savior. Even though if you cut your hand, your sin's not going to go anywhere. You know, you plug your eye, cut your feet, your sin's go, not, not going to go anywhere. He was saying, guys, because they were saying, we're, we're children of Abraham. We've never been in slavery. We're good. We're, we're, we're obedient. We're better than those um, Gentiles, you know, and, and all the Greeks who are worshiping the idols. We're better. We're good. And uh, he was saying, okay, well, if you think you are good, then are you good enough? Well, God will decide. It's too late to wait when he will decide. You know, it's too late because one sin can put you to hell. One sin if there is no Jesus. So... What Jesus was saying, what I wanted to make a point, what Jesus was saying, Jesus was sending the one simple message. Guys, you need a, a Savior. Like you were telling me, Pastor Phil, we don't need you. We can go to heaven without your message, without your revelation, and say, guys, I you know everything, but I know. Maybe you don't. Maybe, maybe you think that you can make it on your own, but you can't, you know? So, and, um, okay, I don't want to talk about it too much, but I'm just saying, okay, well, listen, first of all, we need to understand that righteousness, the second part of the, this kind of sequence is righteousness. Righteousness, when whatever you redeemed, whatever you forgiven, whatever you come to Christ, Christ and are born again, you receive righteousness from him and become righteous not because of doings but because of being. Not a righteous being, a doing but a righteous being. And a righteous being brings you to the righteous doings. And uh, then, then that's why this Christian faith is... The one which makes you, okay, you need to realize you're a sinner. You need to realize you need a savior. You need to realize that you cannot save yourself. And you need to be redeemed. You need to be saved. And then when you realize this and when you come and change your mind and repent, and after this, you can be saved and receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I mean, reconciled with God. Reconciled with God. So after you reconcile with God, so what does it mean? You fall in love with him and you become worshiper. So what does it mean to be worshiper? What does it mean to worship? What, what simple word worship means? Worship means to express your love to someone, to the object you love. You know? So God, was, God wanted people to be his worshipers and to express their love towards him. So what you need, you need to express your love toward him. So this is the worship, the third part. Okay, redemption, righteousness, worship. You will never enjoy your worship if you have not been redeemed and not become righteous. You will not enjoy worship. Did you see guys, people who come to church and they are bored to death while it's worship time. And I'm not saying that worship... 
which we have in the church. This is the only worship we do to God. There's a bunch of things we worship God with, you know. But, uh, but, but, but wherever you come, you start worshiping God. You enjoy and uh, lift up your hands. You start crying. You start enjoying. And, and ch- everything changes inside of your heart, inside of yourself when you worship. Worship changing you. You know, you, at, at the same like you would like your battery on your phone is dying. And then you say, I need a charger and a plug to the electricity. And then you see charger is charging your battery and battery is able to run your phone, your, your OS or your Android. It's able to run it. Otherwise, you cannot run it. You know, the battery is low. So uh, worship when we become recharged when we worship God. This is the moment of connection when we recharge. Well, listen, then another thing what I wanted you to just remember, worship is important because worship, uh, it, it means expression your love. Who you mostly express your love? So, well, listen, when I express my love to my wife, is this my worship to her? It is. Because I'm expressing my love to her. Well, it's not, well, listen, there is a lot of definition of this. I'm just taking you on this one today. When I express my love to my wife, I'm actually worshiping her. You know, when you express your love to your house, you actually worship your house. When you express your love to your car, you actually worship your car. When you express your love to any other other idol, whatever it is there, you actually worship it. So God didn't want anything to be on on a way between, between, uh, between him and you. Like, you know, my wife and I do not want anybody else to be between us staying in our worship to each other. You know? So, and listen, when we worship God, we fall in love with him. There is a very good, and I know I'm always running out of time. So, I don't know, guys, it's just so little time to preach here. So, <laughs> let, let, let me give you one more thing. It's, it's a message Bible. It's a message Bible. <clears throat> So, uh, listen, God is seeking worshiper, right? Pastor, I have two, three minutes, right? Still. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm pretty obedient preacher, you know, so I want to be uh, called again to preach, you know. So. <laughs> but the hour is coming. Jesus is saying, you know, he was saying to the Samaritan woman, you remember it, right? Hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers, when there's true worshiper, there's not true worshipers, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And the Father is seeking such, worship, such to worship him. Father is actually seeking people to worship him. You know, like, um, like I was seeking to, when I was a young man, I was seeking the girl, you know, which would worship me, would fall in love with me, you know, express, uh, worship is express of your love. So, but listen, how Message Bible is nicely talking. It's who... It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Okay, doing it again. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself spirit. God is sheer being itself spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very beings. Their spirits. 
their true selves in adoration. Okay, those who worship him must do it out of their very beings, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. We need sometimes somebody cheer us out. Guys, lift up your hands. Let's just do this. Let's we just need somebody. Just turn yourself there. Lift up your hand and pray. Say thank you, Jesus. We need somebody to cheer us up, you know, to, to teach us and, and say what to do. And it's good. Don't be, don't be angry if a worship leader is doing this to you, you know, because some say, I don't want people to be doing this. And say, are you saved? First of all, are you born again? That's my first question. <laughs> If you're not born again, we're going to bring you to repentance, first of all, that you repent your sin and all your attitude, and then we're going to bring you to Christ, that your sins are forgiven. Because you cannot be in a church with this kind of attitude and, and think that you're going to heaven, <laughs> that you're going to another direction. You might be sitting here and going another direction. So we need you to bring you to that, to reconcile you to the right thing. You know, and when we just bring people, that's why we say, do this, remember this, guys, remember this, look at me, look at me when I'm talking. So I, I pretty much, I wanna, when, pe when I'm preaching, people listening to me, you know, I want to communicate. Uh, and by the way, I see everyone who's listening to me. It doesn't matter how many people there. And if you ask me after the church who was listening, who was not listening, I can tell you the names. Don't remember the names. <laughs> so uh, I want to, I want that my message is heard. I want that whatever I bring, it's heard, that you receive it. That you bless with it. And I wonder when uh, one year later, two years later, when I come back, you would say, Pastor, what's up? we remember what you preached at that moment two years ago, you know? So why? Because I wanted you to be fed in your spirit, you know? And so that's what I like. Those who worship him must do it out of their very beings, their spirits. So your very being is the spirit. So you are spirit. And out of your spirit, you, who you are, if you're scared, if you're very down, that's your spirit is down. You know, that's your spirit is broken. And that's your inner man. That's, that's he needs to be fed. That's he needs to be taken care of, you know. So when you might need somebody to pray for you, you might need somebody to prophesy to you. And maybe you need somebody to remind you to declare and to proclaim the things what God says and to be, and to be in agreement with God. Not, not, not say something different what God is saying. If God is saying that you are righteous, you're saying I'm a sinner, that you are not in agreement with God. Because he's saying whatever you're born again, whatever you receive Christ, you've been uh, reconciled with God. You are righteous and you are saved right now. You, God loves you. So when I want to I finish with this one. This is the fourth. Uh, first of all, redemption, righteousness, worship, and then ask. So most of the Christian people, they only ask whatever they pray. So, but first of all, you need to be in love with the one who... You ask. Well, let me give you this example. If my wife will come to me and say, honey, can you buy me this kind of nice Altima Nissan that pastor has? I like it. We were driving, by the way, right now. And I'm saying, uh, we'll check it out uh, if I have enough money for you, baby. But uh, sure, I'm ready to die for you. Of course, I will do it for you. If you like it, you love it, really? I will do it for you. And why do you think I would do it for her? Because I'm in love with her. You know, but listen, let me tell you, somebody of you come to me and say, Pastor, can you buy for me that this kind of nice car? <laughs> well, no, brother, I can give you 20 bucks if you need to eat something. <laughs> That's your price, you know? That's your price. That's what I can give you and not receive it back, anything. You know? Like, let me, let me tell you, if we are in worship relationship, that whatever she asks, she will receive it. 
If we are with you not in a worship relationship, then you might ask me something. I can feed you, not let you die, of course. Give you 20 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 500. As much as I, I'm ready to lose, you know, I will give it to you. But that's, that's your price. That's our relationship. You, that's, why, that's what some people receive only for 20 bucks from God. Because they're not in a worship mode with him. You know, they only come to say, when, when you are passing by the homeless person, what you give him? You give him a, a thousand bucks? You give him a dollar. This is his price, you know? And that's why how many people, uh, even the Christian people, they asking, Lord, God is not answering my prayer. Well, listen, your, your relationship like a homeless person and someone who passes by. That's your relationship with God. That's why you're not receiving this. But listen, listen what God says. And I, I just want to read it to you. I believe I have it here. Yes, I have it here. It's John chapter 16, 26, before I finish it up. I already... I'm already risking not to be asked again to preach. So, uh, John 16, 26. At that time, you will ask, at that time, so after what we were talking about, right? In my name, and I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for, for it will be unnecessary for the Father himself tenderly loves you because you have loved me. My father loved her because she loved me. And if she, if she will ask in my name, my father will give it to her because she is in love with me. He knows who she is to me. You know, and he will do for her whatever she asks, even if I'm not there. But if, if I need to do it, I will do it. My father also will do it for her because he knows what she is, who she is. But if you're a 10 bucks person, 5 bucks person, my father will give you 10 bucks, 100 bucks. But that's it. You're not going to go too far with this. So if you want to be flooded with God, you want to receive what you ask, not just pray, pray, and never receive. Receive what you ask. You need to understand. You need to be in a love relationship with him. You know, you need to be a worshiper, true worshiper. And he is seeking for the worshiper. He is seeking. He's looking. Who's worshiper here? And who's homeless person? You know, who's worshiper? Who, who I want to have a relationship? Who I want to bless tonight? Who I want to give it to you? You know, he wants to, so the Christianity need to understand that we can be strong in the inner man and be flooded with God. And this relationship allows us to ask. This is the, damn, I'm finishing right there. That, uh, ask because your father tenderly, tenderly, he loves you, my dear, my sweetie. Yeah, what you need? Of course he'll do it for you. Just fear not. Do you know how many times Bible says fear not, but don't be afraid? Do you know how many times? Did you ever counted this? That's right. That's what I was looking for the answer. 365 times the Bible says do not be afraid. So God is saying, my little one, do not be afraid. I'm taking care of you. Ask whatever you need. So listen, when we have really this strong relationship with him, when we flooded with him, what, what my wife think about me when I'm not there? Always, she thinks about me. She wants me to be there. She's calling me when I'm late at work. She's calling, honey, when are you coming? When, uh, yeah, I am, you know, just wanting to be home. You know, so she's missing me. She's, uh, she's, she wants to have me all the time. So, uh, so, and saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf, it will be necessary. Jesus say, when, when you're going to say, in Jesus' name, Father, I ask you this, and he will be looking at you because he tenderly loves you. And he knows your relationship with his son, that you are his bride and have worship relationship with, with his son. And he say, he will do it for you. You know? So 
I'm just finishing prayer day. I want to pray for you, just a little prayer. And I want to continue when pastor asks me again to come. So uh, I want to ask you guys that you would be flooded with God. Amen. Amen. And no matter what situation you're going through, just remember, God is saying to you every day, do not be afraid. You know, why? Because he's taking care of you. And why? Because he tenderly loves you. You know, you are his baby. You know, when I come to my, when I come to kind of greet you and kind of even hug you, we're hugging like brothers and sisters, you know. When I come to hug my wife, it's different. You know, I hug her differently. I look at her differently because we're in love. When you're in love with him, with Jesus Christ, with his son, God is looking differently on you. And whatever you ask, he, he hears you. And he says, of course I will take care of you. Just peace uh, be with you. Be restful. Be trustful. You know, trust that I'm taking care of you. Just close your eyes and pray with me. Thank you, Jesus, that we were able today to think and thought and listen to the word of uh, yours and words of your apostles and people who were uh, talking to us and teaching us and revealing the mystery which was, which was not known, which was, which was hidden, but now it's revealed to your people, to your church. Lord, I pray that your church will comprehend this revelation, that your church will receive this revelation, that your church becomes strong with you in love, that's what you're bringing us. We want to be in love with Jesus Christ, your son. We want to be a true worshipers. Lord, flood us with yourself. Flood us with your spirit. Lord Jesus, make us strength, strong in our inner man, in our spirit. Let us be our being, worship you, and knowing you really as we're supposed to know you as your children as your bride and fall in love with you deeper and deeper that we would come to understand what is the wides and what is the what is the heights and what is the depth lord jesus and what is the length of un, uncomprehendable what is understand not understandable for this world but reveal to the church the mystery of jesus christ we thank you jesus we love you we love you we bless your holy name we proclaim your blessing, Lord Jesus. And I, I pray, Father, at this time for this church. I pray for my friend, Pastor Don and, and, uh, and Sue. And I pray for the, his family, children. And I cover with your blessing and uh, proclaim your blessing and, uh, and, and all your protection with his family, children, and grandchildren in Jesus' name. And I pray for your blessing with all leadership of, the, of this church and this team and this protection for this city, Lord Jesus. I pray that this place will be flooded with God, flooded with the God's people, people who will be world changers. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that the spirit of prophecy will come and change everything. And the people who are right now weak in their inner spirit, in their inner beings. Lord, I pray that strength of the Holy Spirit would touch everyone in Jesus' name right now. And when your people go home and think about your word and it becomes stronger and stronger and comprehend something which you reveal through Jesus Christ and let us understand. We love you. We bless your holy name. We give you glory. We praise your holy name. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, teach us and lead us and bring us to new level in Christ. In Jesus' name and pray. And everybody say, Amen.